This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We hope you all had a great holiday weekend. Time for a brand new episode of Gimme the Hot Sauce. If you're keeping track, it's 1.32 at home. Our special guest coming up is Craig Elo, the former guard of the Cleveland Cavaliers. He was on those great teams in the late 1980s and early 90s with Brad Doherty and Larry Nance and Mark Price. Those were some good battles between Stacey's Bulls and the Cleveland Cavaliers. A lot of people thought that Cleveland had the advantage, but we're going to talk to Craig about all those battles that they had back in the day but first we want to talk a little bit about the holiday uh, i guess uh, tim had a big barbecue and you, we weren't invited again stace <sighs> america same thing you know it's <laughs> over and over again so so first of all i don't all, know how this so, happens so first of <laughs> yeah. all how the I, guests I get, he's at wow. the indy 500 right? yeah yeah i get a drunk phone call like you get from like your boyfriend <laughs> or girlfriend you know Hi. i get this, get this facetime hey, what are you doing stace? Hey. i'm like where are you at man man we're having the indy 500 man we're having a blast blah 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 yeah. Like, when are you going up there? What's what's going on up there? Oh, I was just hanging out. We're having fun. Da, da, da. He goes, hey, you want to come over to my house for barbecue on, on Monday? I'm like, oh, you better ask your wife first because <laughs> I know how that works. If you didn't ask Maureen, things don't go down. Yeah. Okay, so he's like, oh, don't worry about it. I'll just, uh, just come by. Bring all your family over. So fast forward to Monday. Mm-hmm. America, I bring 12 people in my family with me. <laughs> A couple of neighbors, the dog. We go up there, we knock on his door over in Barrington, and uh, no one answers. I rang about three times. Ding dong, ding dong. I'm listening. I hear, all of a sudden, I hear, shh, <laughs> be quiet. Don't move. The dog, the dog barked, and the next thing I heard, a, like he got hit. <laughs> so, obviously, they didn't want us over there. Yeah. They didn't want you over there, Mark. Yeah, the first I never thing, got Because the first thing yeah. I said was. I thought I said, Mark was part of the 12. No, no, no. Mark, was, Mark had another, another 10 people. With it's him. like Jesus yeah. and his disciples, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, Mark, that's what I told him when he gave me the drunk call from yeah. Indianapolis. I said, hey, make sure you invite Mark. Yeah. You know, he's like, oh, I'll yeah, I'll invite him, I'll invite him, yada, yada. So, you didn't get an invite? No. No. Okay. I'm paying on mind list. Yeah. Well, that's not exactly how it happened. First of all, I wasn't drunk. I was hammered. <laughs> There's a difference. Tim never disappoints uh, in a party secondly, situation. No. And secondly, uh, the face FaceTime came in from my man over here. Oh, okay. And then he said, what are you doing Monday? And I said, why don't you just come on over? Yeah. <laughs> 
And then he pulled a no-show. I texted him earlier in the no, day. No, 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 no. <laughs> See, that's a lie. He First of all, I said, mm-hmm. what time are you getting back home from Indianapolis? He said, yeah. 10 o'clock. I said, okay, check with Maureen and call me back sometime in the afternoon. Let me know if it's still a go. Because I don't want to drive all the way out from the city for the Barrington. <laughs> I got you. I got you. No phone call. So at like 4, 3, 3, 30, 4 o'clock, I called. Mm-hmm. Like, what's up, man? Oh, yeah, we're still, yeah, come on over, man. We're still, we're still, we're still, still a go. I'm like, well, it was supposed to be at 3 o'clock. Now it's like yeah. 4.30. Is anybody there? No, just come over at 5. We're going to start at 5. I'm like, oh, man. So I went over there, Mark, 12 people. Everybody was hungry. I told my family. I said, hey, you know, we could have barbecued at my house. But they said, Dad, you barbecue? I said, no, guys. Let's pack up the, the, the truck like the Beverly Hillbillies. And we went on straight out to Barrington. And, you know, we brought the dog. We brought everybody, Mark. It was just going to be a, fest, a festive day. You could smell the ribs on the Traeger grill. On the grill. <laughs> yeah. And then the I smoke hear this. through the neighborhood. And then I ring the doorbell. <laughs> I don't hear anybody moving. And then all of a sudden I hear your Maddie, our producer. Yeah. Shh. <laughs> Be quiet. Nobody move. And I'm like, is that Maddie? Yeah. <laughs> oh, Maddie, open the door. Shh. It's not Maddie. I'm like, oh, it's Maddie. Oh, oh, oh. oh, oh man. So don't, I'm not taking any more wow. advice from this guy. Yeah. Holiday party gone wrong. Uh, another one. Yeah. Every time. What's the next Jeez. holiday? What's the next holiday you gonna you gonna fake me and Mark out? So we Fourth of July coming up. Yeah, right around yeah, the corner. Yeah, yeah it's, it's right there. Okay, so are you inviting <laughs> us now on air? Of course. Okay. Right. You heard that? Yeah, America, I'll be there. You're this. Is the well, Sriracha crew well, coming? No, too? Mark's invited ahead of time. I'm giving you that tuxedo shirt. Wow. <laughs> okay. Okay. See what oh, I got? Hey, hey, Twenty years of abuse. Remember what I told you, America? When I'm in trouble. Yeah. The blink of the eyes. I can't say it out loud because he's here. But when you see the eyes blink, you know I'm in trouble. Wow, that's low. You're low. <laughs> yeah, all-time beef among friends. And yes. uh, speaking of beefs, if you happen to catch last week's episode with Scotty Pippen, uh, it drew a lot of attention around the country, around the basketball world, as uh, Scotty uh, opened both barrels on both MJ and Phil Jackson. And not to say that we were surprised because Scotty has made similar comments in previous interviews. But I think that a lot of the reaction that we saw was grasping onto one, actually two words, where he called MJ a horrible player before 1987 when Scotty and Horace arrived and they started winning. And I think, Stacy, when you look back on it, it was a bad choice of words for Scotty. But if you listen to the entire answer, what he was trying to say is that he was going for scoring titles and is not worried as much about winning as he was after they had a full team in place, which is a whole different message than the horrible player that so many people glommed onto. Yeah, and it was really sad because, you know, Mark, that one word, that's everyone locked into that yeah. one word. How could you call Michael Jordan horrible? Michael Jordan was the greatest player of all time. If you know Scotty, Scotty is very is unfiltered. And he and he's 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 a guy that does, I mean, he'll tell you what's on his mind. And what he was trying to say was before Phil got there, before Jerry Krause assembled the team, before Scotty got there, Michael Jordan wasn't really concerned with winning. He was more concerned with, okay, I got bad teammates. You know, he said he said in the last dance, I got teammates who are doing drugs, da 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 So you see where his mindset was. It was like, I'm going to get mine. So he was scoring. And so at the end of the day, I think people just miss, they stuck onto that negative word of he was horrible. Maybe if Scotty would have said more like, you know what, he just wasn't the same player he was until we got here. You know, he learned how to win when all of us were together and feel put in the system. I think no matter what he said, Mark, people are going to, it's a lightning rod because it's coming from Scotty Pippen. And people are, I mean, I've read some comments, oh, he's just mad because Michael, Michael gets all the attention or, you know, Michael and this and that, you know, oh my God, 
costs to stop. To stop. Yeah, and the other thing that people were mentioning is that why didn't uh, one of the three of us jump in and stop Stacy when he's ma- or Scotty when he's making crazy comments like that? And you know, we look at this show as a safe space. When we bring guests on here, Stacy extends himself to bring in some of his uh, longtime friends from the league on. We're not running a Mike Wallace interview here. Where no, we're going to no. interrogate a guy. <laughs> no, you know, the, Scotty said some things that that you know maybe if you look at it were inaccurate or unfortunate, but it's not like Stacy and I were, were here to interrogate him, no. you know, as, as to what his thoughts were about. I the mean, because we could have did the same thing to Phil Jackson. We we could have hammered him on some of the things. We don't do things like that. A guy comes on my show and says, "Stacy, I want to come on your show." He's doing me a favor. He's doing the show a favor. And I'm not going to sit here and grill him about, oh, what's the situation with your wife and Michael Jordan's? You know, there was a lot of comments. How come you didn't ask that? Because we're not TMZ. I don't do things like that. And if you have a friend and you're a friend of someone, you know, they should feel like this is a safe space. The questions that we asked, Scotty, were typical questions that Bulls fans want to know. What was your thoughts of the last dance? They've heard it outside, you know, on the Dan Patrick show. They heard it outside. But... They want to see if he's probably still thinking that. So we asked that question. We asked what was it like being on the, you know, the the final three-peat. You know, what was it like playing for, you know, playing for six titles? You know, what was it, you know, what's your thought on the, the Warriors 72-10 and 10 team against the Bulls 72-10 team? Who wins that game? So these were all questions that I think that our audience who, are, who follow us really wanted to hear. But it was just one of those things where, you know, Scotty is going to speak his mind. And at the end of the day, he's his own man. Like, if that's how he feels, you have to respect that. Whether you like it or not, you have to respect that because this is coming from a guy who's one of the top 100 players in history of the NBA, okay? Now, if Stacey King comes out and says what Scotty says, if B.J. Armstrong, Scott Williams, you know, guys who were role players on those championship teams and Will Purdue, if we came out and said those things about Michael Jordan, we would be haters. We'd be guys like, oh, he carried you. You guys are ungrateful, da 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 but you put it into to, to fact that here's a top 100 player saying this. He should be happy. You know, this is a guy who's like one of the greatest players of all time. He should not have any beef. He should be happy. And that's where I think it hits at home because it's like, wow, this is a superstar player saying this. It's not a role player saying this. This is a superstar player speaking his mind and understanding like, hey, look, this is what I saw. This is what I'm experiencing. And a lot of Scotty's anger comes not just from the fact that he didn't feel like he got enough credit at the time when the Bulls were playing, but this whole Last Dance project, you got to remember, this documentary crew was was following the team around during the 97-98 season, and it didn't come out until the pandemic hit, and they were kind of just sitting on it. Michael was looking for the perfect time to release it, and they found the perfect time because they had a captive audience. Everybody was at home. Nobody was going out, and they, you know, they got huge numbers to watch that thing. And because Michael had acquired the rights – he was able to spin it the way that he wanted to. And, and Scotty felt like uh, he again was putting himself at the top of the heap and everybody else was looked at as a, as a poor supporting player. And Stacy, there were also financial ramifications that yes. really rubbed a lot of Bulls players the wrong way. Well, I mean, you know, the NBA has likenesses and, and you're supposed to be paid anytime that the NBA uses you, uses your likeness on any kind of promotion. And that was a promotion for a team. That's what that was told to Scotty and all these other guys. Uh, you heard Field talk about, you know, Tony Kukoc didn't get mentioned a lot in that in that uh, documentary. Ron Harper, guys who were pivotal in that last championship, didn't get mentioned. Um, it was Michael's point of view. And that's Phil Jackson said the same thing. This was Michael's point of view. And when you're getting paid and you're the only one getting paid and you weren't the only one in the video, 
that rubs people the wrong way. Right. You know, yeah. Steve Kerr doesn't get paid. You know, Judd Bushler, the guys, the guys who are the role players. You know, Scotty is speaking for all of those guys. He's not just speaking for himself. Like, oh, I didn't get paid. Take care of me. It's like, and you heard him say this. It's the whole team. It's a team thing. And those guys didn't get taken care of. And you got to remember, too, the last dance is going to be on syndication at some point. There's going to be money made years after all this. It's probably one of the top grossing uh, documentaries in, all, in in history right now. It's like probably, I think I saw someone like in the top 20 right now. And it's only been out, what, a couple of years? So when you look at how much money is going to be made after this, and then only one person is benefiting from it, it would rub me the wrong way if I was in that situation. Yeah, so for all our fans out there, I guess our point is that we heard some of the inaccuracies from Scotty. And, you know, obviously no one here thinks that Michael Jordan was no. a horrible player in the, the pre Scotty Pippen era. I mean, Jordan in the year before averaged 37 points a game, made all defense. You know, he was a superstar player. Everybody knew that from the start. It was just a question of, you know, we let Scotty have some leeway into what he wanted to say. He made his points and it was, it was judged accordingly. I know a lot of people, Bulls fans were angry about it, but that's the way Scotty feels. Well, and, and another point is, and I think what is missed in all this is, is that the last dance was supposed to be the video of the last championship because that was going to be the last time that team was going to be put together. Phil had already made it known that he was leaving. So that was done. You know, then the team was going to be broken up. Um, that was known from Jerry Krause was going to do that. So, you know, when you look at all this and, and the situation of, you know, how that was, that video was supposed to be made of that last championship, there was things put in the last dance that didn't happen during the last dance. You know, the Scotty sitting out 1.8 seconds, you know, not, you know, not going out there and sitting on the bench. Uh, and then that he, you know, he, he, he had to deal with that. The migraine headache, all this stuff was brought into the last dance. It had nothing to do with the last dance. Michael was not even part of those situations, but they put that in the last dance and that made Scotty look bad in the light. And then the, the situation where he didn't get his back done, you know, Oh, you know, Scotty decided, that, you know, he's going to wait and uh, get his back done when the training camp started. I thought that was selfish. That's something you don't say on camera, not about a teammate. Because you know what? At the end of the day, you won the championship. It didn't matter one way or the other if he if he waited or not. You still won. So, and everybody saw game six in that Utah series. Scotty could barely walk. And he even said it here. If it would have been a game seven, he would not have been able to play. And then that the fortunes of the Bulls championship might have been, Utah might have won that championship. So, when you start adding, you know, old wounds and open up old wounds from the previous championships, it doesn't sit well with a guy like Scottie Pippen because it's like, what does the 1.8 seconds have to do with the last dance? We, we won two championships after that situation. Tony now is a big part of what we're doing. You know, we're not, I don't have a beef with Tony, but you put that in there and then you're making me look like I'm selfish as well. So people, like I said, people really, you know, you don't, the fans only see topical stuff. You don't see the behind the scenes stuff that we all are, 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 you know, that we're all privileged to see. So before you start judging a guy, understand where a guy's coming from. Yeah. And I think all Bulls fans would love to see Michael and Scotty get in a room and, and shake hands and, 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 you know, talk out some of these differences and be able it's to sad. appreciate it, it, you, you everything so. that they accomplished in the game. You hope so, because at the end of the day, this was about winning championship for the city of Chicago. This is, this is some of the greatest teams Ever in NBA history, those six championships were 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 homegrown, were manufactured here. We, you know, you your core group guys were drafted here. Jerry Krause doesn't get enough credit. You heard Scottie Pippen talk about that. Jerry doesn't get enough credit for being the architect of this championship team. So. 
when you look at, you know, when, like Scotty said, you know, organizations win championship, you know, Michael always had this beef with Jerry Krause and fans caught on to that. And so Jerry's never got the credit he deserved Crumbs. for, yeah, well, this is, <laughs> anyway, Jerry's never got the credit being the guy. His name was Jerry West. He'd be in the Hall of Fame. He'd be, you know, a guy that everybody be talking about being the greatest GM. You win six titles with two different teams. Two different teams. The only holdover was, was Michael and Scotty in the second run. The rest of those guys were all new players. So that tells you right there, Jerry knew what he was doing when he put this team together. He knew what he was doing when he hired Phil Jackson. And the rest is history. Give him his credit. Yeah, it's sad that uh, Jerry Krause finally was uh, elected to the Hall of Fame after he passed. Yeah, he, he should have you know, been. You know what? They should have gave him his flowers when he was alive. Right. You know, that's what you do that. I mean, you know, it's almost like, you know, they pick and choose. The, the Hall of Fame picks and chooses who they want in. A guy can retire tomorrow. And next thing you know, he's in the Hall of Fame. You know, Popovich can retire. Oh, he's in the Hall of Fame. You know, it's like, come on, man. Give the people their flowers when they're here, man, not when they're gone. It's sad that he didn't get a chance to see that because – it would have made it would have gave him all kind of vindications because people thought, you know, he was terrible at his job. People thought, oh, you know, how do you get this job? You know, he, he's unfriendly because Jerry never told people what he thought. Jerry never gave you an insight of what he was thinking when it came to making moves and, and drafting players. And, you know, the NBA is a, 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 a you know, a situation where we're all friends. You know, people tell, well, I'm thinking about drafting this guy. I'm thinking about drafting him. Jerry Krause never told you who's going to no, draft. No, never. Jerry, never. Jerry, Krause, and Jerry Krause, everything was secretive. So when you ask, hey, Jerry, who do you think about drafting? I don't even think we're going to draft this year, you know? And that's and those are the kind of answers he would give people, yeah. which rub people the wrong way because you never could get an idea where the Bulls were going, especially during those championship runs. You know, how are they going to keep this championship going? Because remember, three-peats are hard. Winning two in a row is hard. You know, put three and then win six out of eight. That is a very difficult feat. And again, if Michael Jordan hadn't went to go chase curveballs, you know, we, you're talking about winning eight straight championships. Would We would have done that. So if you haven't had a chance to check out the Scotty check Pippen interview, we did it last week. It was episode 131. Check it out on YouTube, wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And we always appreciate our live YouTube audience, the people on the chat who uh, always uh, have a lot of fun during the show. So we appreciate them joining us. This da, we're, da, da, da. we're recording on a Thursday afternoon. What do you got for so, us? So our boy, Matty Ice. Shout out to Matty Ice. He's our, he's our content creator guy. He goes out and finds things. The Last Dance is the 17th greatest TV show of all time. Yeah, that's the pretty crazy. Seventh, wow. So, so, so America, if it's the seventh greatest TV show, and it probably will go up as as the years yeah, sure go along, yeah. the residuals off of this show, cha-ching, 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 okay? Only one person is benefiting from that. <laughs> and, and you know, it's like having Seinfeld or the Cosby show. You have this great TV show that runs for 20 years, okay? And Jerry Seinfeld had an ensemble of people. You know, George was pivotal in there. You know, Kramer was pivotal. You know, Elaine. Elaine was, yeah. they were all Peterman. You know, even some of the minor league yeah. guys were, were, were Newman. pivotal. Newman. Yeah. <laughs> even those guys were all pivotal. So those guys are all going to benefit as long as Seinfeld is out there in syndication. Everybody's going to benefit out there. So imagine if you're on the ensemble and you play on that championship team and you can be paid for the rest of your life, your kids, your grandkids can be paid from this, that you're not getting that. Yeah, and only one person. Angry. It would yeah. make you angry. Yeah. That's why and, and that's why people don't understand situations like, you know, you, you don't walk in this guy's shoes. So if you don't walk in this guy's shoes, you don't know what you're talking about. So, yeah. yeah. Did you know Digits is the 17th best-selling bourbon right now? 
He's just making that up. <laughs> yeah, he's just hey, saying, come on. You're drinking this right in front yeah. of you if you're watching. Yeah, you're I'm a big it. part of that. Yeah, yeah, he, he, yeah. He's the reason why. He's the reason why the sales are up. As I mentioned, uh, we are coming at you on a Thursday evening, game one of the NBA Finals a little bit later in Denver. The Nuggets hosting the Miami Heat. Jimmy Butler in game one. Before we Jimmy, get to that, Jimmy. let's talk a little bit about what's going on in coaching. There was a lot of stuff happening this past week. Monty Williams got the bag. Listen. Adrian Griffin is the new coach of the Milwaukee Bucks. Great Nick hire. Nurse, Philadelphia 76ers. There's always great, a lot of great, stuff happening. Great hire by boy Adrian Griffin. Deserved it. He's, he's paid his dues as an assistant coach. He was under Nick Nurse for the longest it's his time. He's a very good coach. He'll be good for for Milwaukee. Um, but you look at you look at Monty Williams. Wow, I mean seventy eight million dollars for six look, years. Look at these look at these numbers. Okay, this is a guy who's been to one final, hasn't won a championship. Yeah, and he's going to make thirteen over thirteen million dollars a year, higher than Greg Popovich, who was the highest paid coach last season. He had the at, power though, because yeah. he didn't want to go to Detroit. Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> well, exactly. But when you're getting paid seventy-eight million, I mean, that is yeah. crazy. So now you ask yourself, who Eric Spolster? What is he really worth? Right. What is he really worth? A guy who's been to six NBA Finals. He's with a team right now with seven undrafted players. If that doesn't tell you that he's a great coach, what is? You know, because you could say, oh well, you know, he had LeBron and Dwayne Wade and Bosh. That's why. But he's been to the finals in the bubble with Jimmy Butler and and you know no superstar players yeah, go this along is the twice. Sixth time, twice yeah. in twice in the last what four years mm-hmm. that he's taken a team with undrafted players. So if he if Monty Williams is is worth thirteen million seventy eight million, what is Eric Spolscher? What is Mike Malone worth? Who's been there in Denver now of eight what eight years now, and he's put a good resume there with Denver. He's in the finals and he's probably. Going to win. I, I, I We'll get back to our picks later. But, I mean, that team is playing out of its mind right now. And it'd be hard for me to see him beat. But what are those guys worth? What is, I know you've talked about the Pistons before. Uh, they had Cade Cunningham, got hurt early in the year. He missed all of the season. He was a former number one overall pick. They brought in Jaden Ivey. They, they, they made a nice, nice trade. They've got a, a nice young squad. If they had a couple of veterans that mix, they could make a jump pretty quickly. So Monty Williams could be stepping into a really nice situation. Well, he, he's he's. I've said this about this team. I mean, they're building their team the right way. They're going through the draft. They've they've got some studs. You know, Kate Cunningham missed all last season. They basically redshirted him. He could have came back. Um, they wanted to get these other guys. You know, playing. Uh, Jay Nivey showing he's got superstar capability. So that's going to be a devastating backcourt in the next two. You know, next few years in Detroit. Then you also remember they got some young guys, you know, some young bigs. You know, yeah, they picked up Wiseman. They pick, they pick, up, they pick up Wiseman. They've got they've got Durden, uh, who's there, who's Jalen Durden. Yeah. Durden is, is a good player. You also got the kid they brought from Sacramento, um, Marvin Bagley, Marvin Bagley, the second pick yeah. in the draft. So they've got a good nucleus of bigs who are athletic. They can switch. They can they can guard pick and rolls. What they need now is to find them a small forward. You know, they got Bogdanovich, who I like. I think Bogdanovich is good coming off the bench, but they if they can go out and get a small forward, like if they were able to get like a Demar Derozan and put him put that kind of player on their team, their team would it, it would it would it'd be a team to watch. He, I, he that kind of player would elevate Detroit to be one of the favorites to to be in the Eastern Conference top four next year if you had that kind of player. And I'm not I'm just saying I'm just saying Demar I'm not saying Demar is going there. Right. I'm just saying that caliber of player that can change the fortune of your team with the experience and still be able to go get you buckets. You know, as it turned out, you mentioned Adrian Griffin going to Milwaukee. He was Nick Nurse's top assistant in Toronto. This will be Griffin's first opportunity to be a head coach. The Bucks made the hire before anybody else. Were you surprised that Nurse didn't go there and wound up in, in Philadelphia? Maybe they didn't want Nurse. 
Yeah, maybe not. You know, yeah. Maybe they didn't want Nurse. Maybe, you know, I mean, Nick Nurse is a good coach, you know, and maybe they needed something that – one thing about Adrian Griffin that he's going to bring, he's going to bring communication to the team. You know, players respect him because he played in the league. Um, sometimes coaches who don't play in the NBA don't get the respect that they probably should because NBA, some NBA players, especially teams that don't win, those players are like, what is he going to tell me? He's never been in my shoes. He doesn't know what I'm dealing with right now. But now you got a player who's played in the NBA, was a, a player that was a role player, but played, you know, some really good minutes in the NBA. So he's got that respect, and he's been an assistant for, man, a long, long – he was under Thibodeau for a while. Yeah, so he's here as a he's player been, and a he's, coach. He's been, he's been under some very good coaches, and it's his turn. You know, another kid, uh, Sam Cassell, you know, it's, it's time for someone to hire him. These retreads of guys coming back, you know, well, let's hire this guy because he was over here. Um, you know, you see a lot of that. Sometimes you, you might need to get new blood. You need to get some guys that can relate to these, these players, especially these teams, Mark, where they're young. They're really young. Monty Williams has done a good job as far as working with young players and developing young players. So I see him being a guy that's going to develop Cunningham and, and Ivy and develop those bigs. And then maybe someone comes on when that team is developed and they're like right on the edge. And, you know, maybe after that four or five years, you know, they, they may replace them. You know, who knows? You know, sometimes coaches are stop gaps, you know, to getting somewhere. They take you to a certain level and this is as far as they can go. You know, that's what they said about Doug. You know, Doug took the Bulls, you know, 50 wins. He took them as far as they could go. They handed the baton to Phil Jackson, an unnamed coach. Next thing you know, bam, they're gone. What did you think of Bob Myers stepping down at Golden State? you Surprise. think that means it's going to be a big summer and maybe Draymond Green is elsewhere? Surprise. I mean, you know, I mean, man, Golden State is, is – I think they underestimated the role players they let get away. I think that was huge. You know, you lose Otto Porter, you lose some of these guys. You know, Iguodala didn't play at all this year. Guys who who have been big for you coming off the bench, they went with their younger guys. They traded Wiseman. You know, Wiseman never really fit in there, you know, and it, you would think because the one thing they did was lack size that they would have kept him and developed. And so moving him and then seeing him develop here in Detroit got hurt a little bit, you know, and then seeing that they, you know, you needed that kind of big against the Lakers to go against, you know, Anthony Davis, you know, and you didn't have him. So they're going to have to do some, some, some serious, serious soul searching during the summertime because losing Bob Myers is huge because he's the architect of, right. of that whole team. So losing him, they must have confidence that someone, the, the, the assistant GM who's behind him for all these years can step in and do that along with Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr has been in the front office before, so it's not like, you know, oh, he doesn't have any experience being, a, you know, an assistant GM or GM, whatever. He's been in the front office, so he'll be able to help whoever is transitioning into Bob Myers' role. Our special guest, Craig Elo, is in the Sriracha waiting room, so we want to keep him waiting. We'll bring him on to talk about the Bulls, Cavs, of the past. We'll also ask him his thoughts on the upcoming finals matchup between the Nuggets and Heat. But first, we want to tell you about our good friend, Jeff Vukovic. When it comes to insurance for your auto, home, and business, make sure you contact the king of insurance, our good buddy, nationwide agent, Jeff Vukovic. You can reach him at Jeff vuk.com that's jeff vuk.com and as always the best jingle in the business nationwide is on your side <laughs> Woo. nice work by the sriracha crew fading into a tight shot of stacy that's guys. that's really good work there go, appreciate guys. that on youtube way to go guys that's why we pay you the big bucks coming up next craig elo to talk about the bulls calves the great robbery in the 80s and 90s that's next then give you the hot sauce i'm mark chapman welcome to the planet premier league podcast 
Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. It is now our pleasure to welcome in this week's special guest. He is Craig Elo, played a long time in the NBA for the Cleveland Cavaliers, Houston Rockets, Atlanta Hawks, and I think even had one year in Seattle. So he's joining us from his lovely home in Idaho. He's got the lake behind him, enjoying life uh, out in the great Northwest. And and Craig, thank you so much, first of all, for joining us. And when you you see Stacey King, I know you remarked before we got started about the championship banners here in the (laughs) Sriracha Studios. That that bring back some uh, painful memories. Yes, it's so painful. I cannot. I can barely hardly uh, stand to look at it. But uh, I'll bear bear down and uh, go ahead and do it. That's funny, Craig. Hey, you know what? We 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 talk about you know before Michael hit that shot. We talked about how Cleveland had such a a really good roster that you guys. If you hadn't ran into the shot that you guys possibly would have had at least one title, possibly, you would have at least had to play Detroit to get out of the East. But you guys had a good enough roster to, to possibly beat them. Oh, I totally agree with you, Stacey. Um, I was fortunate enough. Well, Mark Price, my good friend and uh, teammate in Cleveland, had a, a appendicitis, and I got picked up on a 10-day contract. And that was the same year that they drafted Brad Doherty uh, with the number one pick. And Ron Harper with the number seven pick. They traded for Mark. Uh, and then <clears throat> Coach Wilkins was uh, hired to, uh, to to coach this young roster. But, yeah, they built it through the draft and through uh, free agency. And uh, the key was getting Larry Nance in a trade uh, to Phoenix. But, yeah, we just ran into a buzzsaw. It was either uh, we battled the Pistons uh, in, in the late 80s or – then all of a sudden, uh, y'all came along in Chicago, and yeah, we just couldn't get by uh, Chicago either. So, uh, but I, I think with the roster that they assembled, uh, and uh, having not traded Ron Harper, uh, yes. we probably would have had a, a, a really good shot at, at a title. You know what? I've always said that back because I yep. came in in 1989, and you guys traded him for Danny Ferry, who was sitting out. Uh, was in Italy or whatever. They traded the rights to bring, you know, and I felt like that really killed you guys because I don't think people know how good Ron Harper was before the injury. I've always said, you know, before Kobe came in, this is this was a guy that I said that was as close to Michael Jordan athletically than anybody in the NBA at that particular time. Six foot six, long arms, yep. could, two-way player, could score any, any in three levels. And I thought once you guys traded him to L.A. and for Danny Ferry, not not take anything away from Danny Ferry, but that was a huge, huge, you know, loss for you guys. Talk a little bit about that. 
Oh, yeah. I, uh, the pieces of the puzzle were great. I mean, you have a center in Brad Doherty that uh, just uh, as a, a rookie, uh, since his rookie year, grew into a, to a really a Hall of Fame kind of a career. And then Mark Price was our point guard. And Ron Harper was our off guard. We had Hot Rod Williams uh, that came off the bench. And, uh, yeah, the pieces of the puzzle were all right there for uh, us to make a run at some championships. And uh, we had a great bench. And uh, it's like you said, Danny Ferry uh, did not want to play for the Clippers. Uh, so he was in Italy, I believe. And uh, when he, uh, we traded Ron, we didn't get Danny until the next year. And uh, I thought it really did, it messed with our chemistry for uh, a couple of years and we had to get our feet back uh, on the ground. But uh, yeah, I think uh, the one thing that uh, we always, uh, you know, ran into was the Chicago Bulls. And it was in the first round or the second round or even my last year in Cleveland uh, in 92, we were in the conference finals with y'all. So uh, they kind of gave up on, on us and uh, they, uh, asked, uh, I guess, Coach Wilkins resigned, and um, they brought in Mike Fratello, and uh, I was a free agent that year, so I was lucky enough to go to Atlanta with Coach Wilkins. When you look back at the landscape in the Eastern Conference in the late 1980s, Boston was starting to fade as, as Bird and McHale mm -hmm. and Parrish were getting older. Knicks had a pretty good squad, but it, nationally, everybody was talking about the Bulls and the Cleveland Cavaliers as two teams on the rise. Was that was that palpable, the rivalry that you had with Chicago, knowing that you were the two teams that, that had a chance to, to grab hold of the Eastern Conference? Oh, no question about it. And uh, even the year that the shot uh, took place, I think we won 57 ball games that year. And uh, Chicago was in our, our division, and we played them six times. The uh, expansion hadn't happened yet. So, yeah, we uh, won all six that year against Chicago. But uh, you meet those guys in the first round, and you got a guy named Michael Jordan that uh, can pull off some miracles. Uh, it was definitely uh, an opportunity for us uh, to, to compete with the Bulls. But, uh, yeah, they, I mean, year after year, the Bulls just kept getting better and better. And, and uh, it was fun playing in the division with them because, uh, you know, back then uh, it wasn't saturated with TV. We just had, you know, a couple of games on TV. But if it was the Cavs and the Bulls playing, it was always going to be on. Craig, take us to, uh, to back where the – Jordan hits the last shot on you guys. What what was going through you guys' mind? Because you guys were the, were the favorite in that series. And so you go in that timeout, and what is Lenny Wilkins telling you? Because you know who's going to get the ball. Everybody <laughs> in the arena knew who was going to take that last shot. How come you guys didn't, like, double him? Oh, we tried. And uh, the problem was, Stacey, uh, Coach Wilkins was pretty traditional in the way he coached. And we never really deviated from uh, – kind of those traditions, but he took Larry off of the ball and that allowed the passer, uh, Brad Sellers, to just get a clean look at, at, the, at the floor. And uh, in, in retrospect, if it would have been me and Harper double-teaming Michael Jordan, we probably would have kept him from getting the ball. But yeah, Michael went one way. Uh, actually, I think he went to uh, kind of step towards midcourt Larry kind of stumbled, and that was exactly the way we wanted wanted him to go, was away from the basket because there was only three seconds. 
But uh, when Larry stumbled, it, it allowed Michael to get to, to the wing. And then I was kind of playing lazy defense because I thought we were uh, Larry would be uh, on the front of him uh, in the double. But all of a sudden, I look up, and he's on the wing. And now all this, I'm running out there to try to catch him. And uh, before I get out there, he's already running back to the same spot he started at. And then uh, that's when, yeah, he just stopped on a dime. Uh, I was running, so <clears throat> my momentum kind of carried me by him. And, uh, yeah, it was painful watching that shot fall uh, through the net because that timeout, uh, it was so loud because we had just scored on yep. the previous play and uh, put us up. So it was deafening, and I can't even really remember what was said in the huddle other than what you just said, we know who's going to get the ball. Uh, we just need to keep him from, from getting it. But, yeah, it was – I mean, he, he did it uh, years and years. So, uh, I don't feel bad about it. I was glad I was in that game and got the opportunity to play. And then, uh, yeah, from then on, we, we battled uh, pretty much uh, up until the year that, uh, like I said, 92, when they kind of changed the roster. You know – that moment is painful enough to see Jordan uh, make the shot in Richfield, Ohio, and, and silence the entire crowd. But yet you had to live through the decades of the Gatorade commercial, Be Like Mike, with him hitting the shot. And then you see in the background Craig Elo slumping to his knees in horror. I mean, you've probably seen that play hundreds and hundreds of times. During the heyday of the Like Mike Gatorade thing, did that piss you off every time you saw that commercial? Oh, not really, because Gatorade actually called me and asked me uh, if it was okay to use it, and uh, they didn't send me any money. They just sent me Gatorade for life. So. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they should have sent you some money, some money. Oh, you might, hey, you might uh, need to go in there and re renegotiate that now. Yeah, there's yeah no, I there's need no to statu renegotiate. Yeah, that. there's exactly. no statute of limitations on that one, bro. Yep. They done showed that yep. many, many times <laughs> over. There ain't enough Gatorade on the planet for as much no. money as they made on that. No. Yeah, and you know, I don't mind, uh, like I said, being part of history like that. Uh, I mean, if you Wikipedia the, the shot, uh, it'll uh, pull up that shot by Michael Jordan. Uh, and uh, yeah, I just remember we had like 20,000 in, in that in the stands that day. and uh, It was deafening, and then it just went eerie, quiet. And uh, yeah, it just took the wind out of our sails and uh, kind of gave the bulls and propelled them now. I believe they lost uh, y'all lost to the Pistons yep. uh, for the next couple of years, but you paid your dues and yeah, you got three banners behind you that uh, you were part of. I, I tell you what, um, we had Mark Price on my show earlier, earlier, and we talked. I've I've known Mark since high school, so I saw him. Right. They didn't even have three point lines in high school because had they had three point lines in high school, he'd probably be the all time leading scorer in high school basketball history. So one of the things I've always said about Mark Price is that. He's Steph Curry before Steph Curry. And people, you know, who never seen him play don't know. Mark Price had unlimited range. Mark Price's handles were some of the best that we had ever seen when we were playing. I mean, Isaiah, you got Stockton, yep. all these point guards. He was the one guy, Craig, that we had nightmares trying to trap. Like, we always would blitz the pick and roll and try to get the ball out of his hands. And he would always put the ball behind his back and split the defense and be able yep. to get to where he wanted to on the floor. He had a nice little mid-range game. He was just unbelievable. I don't think people really knew how good Mark Price really, really was. 
Oh, I totally agree with you. And uh, yeah, going back to y'all's Oklahoma days, I believe he played Wayman Tisdale's yes, Tulsa team yep. in the in the uh, high school finals. So, but yeah, Mark was. Uh, don't let him. Uh, uh, I mean, he he was a fiery competitor. Uh, it helped me get better in the summers by working out with him. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, and if you watch uh, inside the, the NBA or on NBA TV, uh, when they sit around on the couches, uh, Isaiah, Stockton, uh, uh, all those guys that he had to play against, he, you know, they got the, the, um, the more credit due, I guess, to them. But he, they credit him with actually coming up with splitting the, the, the screen and yeah, he just got low, and he was he was really good at it. Uh, yeah, he was fun to play with because it was some nights where uh, he was so hot that we took the ball out of his hands. I got a lot of assists because we were running him off the screens, and uh, he knocked down jumpers. And yeah, he he may not shoot the uh, like the distances that Steph Curry and those guys do today, but he could have if he wanted to. But he was just. Uh, yeah, he was lethal out there, and uh, I was lucky to play with him. Craig, what do you think about today's game? It's become many nights. It's just a three-point shooting contest. You don't see much post-play. <laughs> Back-to-the-basket centers have kind of disappeared. Do you like the evolution of the game, or, or, or do you think that it was better back when we had more uh, physical play, low post-play, and, and the three-point shot wasn't king? Well, I, I'm still, like I said, friends with Mark, and, and we talked about it, and uh, also with Steve Kerr. Yep. And uh, I see Ron Harper every summer. He comes up to a charity golf event up here and, and plays. And uh, we talk about the – I well, I actually tell them they're red coats because they went from the blue and orange to the red and black and uh, both got championships <laughs> that way. But, um, yeah, man, it was – I love the days. I, I just remember it was Bill Cartwright at first with the Bulls and uh oakley and and those guys did not let you get in the paint and uh and it, they would knock you on your your derriere but um i love the physical game that uh the era that we played in now stacy was a little he was more finesse and he didn't really hit you uh but that big derriere of his he used that a few times but uh he went yeah, after we, Danny Ferry that one year in the playoffs. Remember that? Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, there was a heated rivalry between us. And uh, I mean, y'all had Bill Winnington, Will Perdue, uh, Luke Longley, and another time. But uh, yeah, I mean, the, playing the Bulls in that old Chicago stadium, those fans were right on top of you. And uh, yeah, I mean, the paint was was ruled by the, the big guys. And uh, I am a little disturbed because. When I do talk to Steve Kerr, he's like, man, you and I would have flourished in, in this era because that's all we do is shoot threes. And, uh, yeah, I mean, even the Joker now is is a guy that, uh, you know, I, I it's amazing watching him play and, and what he does. I really enjoy uh, his style. and But, yeah, I think uh, Stacy might have had a, a few uh, problems, uh, you know, guarding him out around the three-point line because he – he can put the ball on the deck and go at it too. Nah, he'd be locked down because I had quick feet. <laughs> he would have got by me. Now, Bill, Bill, Bill Cartwright might have had a hard time, but yeah. not, not me and Scott Williams. We get out there and guard people on that perimeter. We blitz that pick and roll, boy. Woo-wee. Yeah. <laughs> I, that's the one thing I do remember about Chicago and uh, Phil Jackson, man. 
they if you were on a side pick and roll or even high pick and roll out at the top y'all were always going to knock uh, the try to keep the the ball from uh, penetrating so it wasn't easy playing uh the bulls when they when they did that you know lenny wilkins is is one of the greatest coaches in nba history talk about your experiences playing with him and and what what it meant for you to play with him Oh, I tell you, it was uh, the best opportunity. I spent three years in Houston. I was kind of the, the whipping boy at the end of the bench for Coach Fitch. Uh, my fourth year, they, they let me go. And that was the same year that uh, Lenny Wilkins was hired in Cleveland. And when Mark uh, had to go into the hospital for the appendectomy, uh, Coach Wilkins was looking at a list. And because I played at Washington State, and uh, his friends, uh, he's pretty good friends with my, my coach, George Raveling. Uh, that was the name that jumped out on him. And uh, he picked me up on a 10-day contract. And I knew it was the opportunity that uh, I wasn't going to get again if I didn't perform. And uh, he gave me all of the opportunities I needed to do that. And uh, they were building, a, a, like I said, a young roster. So I came along at, at the right time. and, and um, I really cannot talk about Lenny Wilkins without feeling emotional because he is he is such a great human being. He made me a better player and a better person. And uh, even when he resigned in Cleveland and took the Atlanta job and I was a free agent, uh, <clears throat> first thing he did was sign me uh, with the Hawks. And we went down there and I never won the, the Central Division uh, with the Cleveland Cavaliers and we should have won a few of them. Uh, but the Pistons and the Bulls were, were doing it. And when I get to Atlanta, we win the Central Division and uh, we lose in the second round to Shaq and Penny uh, with Orlando. But uh, yeah, just a great experience. I'm still very close to Coach Wilkins. Uh, he lives in Seattle and uh, we're just on the other side of, of the state in, in Washington. And yeah, it's, uh, it's always fun to get to talk to him and, and uh I see him just about every year, too. Uh, there's an event we go to over there. Hey, Craig, you know, we mentioned uh, the Stacy getting involved in a scrap with Danny Ferry in the playoffs. Uh, I guess what he went after Jordan and, and, and nobody else was going yeah, to try well, to retaliate. Yeah, yeah, Mike almost got ejected in Cleveland because Danny Ferry threw an elbow at his face on a cross screen. It was uh, Jordan was defending the cross screen and then he was time delaying it and then time delaying Danny Ferry. And Danny Ferry kind of threw an elbow in Jordan's face and then Jordan had to hold back. Like, he really wanted to punch him. I think it was because it was North Carolina Duke. But he really wanted to punch him. <laughs> yeah. but, but he had restraint, though. He had restraint because he knew it was a playoff series. We had another game going. And uh, I think you guys, you were winning that. Y'all won that game. And uh, and so we come back to Chicago. And, you know, there's no statute of limitations. I can be honest. Uh, Danny, <laughs> Danny, Danny Fair was on a wanted poster. We were going to get yeah. him, man. We, we were going we to get him. And, and so he didn't play. He didn't play a lot until the game was decided. And then Lenny Wilkins, I think he knew that he was on the hit list and decided not to play him. And then at the end, he kind of put him out there. And we had a little thing going. Whoever's the closest to Danny Ferry, he goes to the basket, take him down. He must go down. He must go down hard. So so he cuts back door, and Will Purdue had the first shot at him and passed on him. And so I'm on the other side. I think I was guarding Hot Rod Williams. And I cut off Hot Rod Williams because I was the only one that could catch him. 
So I flew down there and I, I hit him really hard. I mean, I mean, today it would be, I would be ejected for, you know, for yeah. a week, you flagrant know, two, yeah, flagrant two, <laughs> find a million dollars. But back then it was a hard foul. Draymond so, Green. Yeah, yeah. Dray, exactly. Exactly. So we get the hard foul. And, you know, so it's, it's uh, the, the one thing I remember about the whole thing was the, the stadium went crazy because they knew that it was going to happen. And then as I'm walking by the bench, you know, some of the guys was like talking, jaw jacking, da 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 da. But no one was really stepping to me. Everybody was just talking from a distance, right? The one person that stepped to me was Steve Kerr. Steve <laughs> Kerr got in my face and was just like, you know, that's Bush League, blah blah, just cursing at me, right? And I looked at him. I said, man, if you don't get out of my face, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna choke you. And he just kept on. I grabbed him by the throat and I started to squeeze him. And then they separated us. But the one, the one guy I remember. And then when he came on my team, we laughed about it because it's funny how things happen. Like you, you have these battles against people and then you end up being on the same team with them, which you never thought would ever happen. But he was a good sport about it though. But I, I there was a good rivalry though with Cleveland. Yeah. And you know what, Stacy, I got to give Danny uh, a little bit of, I mean, when he threw elbows and stuff, it was, I don't think he was intentionally doing it. Uh, Cause I got to know Danny pretty well. I think he was just clumsy and slow white guy, that, uh, you know, just, you know, he played at Duke and that, yep. that made his career. But uh, yeah, man, he was, uh, I felt for him because he came in with that big contract. Yes. And, uh, yeah. He, and uh, not playing really, really, you know, did a, a thing on his, on his mind. But when he got out there, I mean, yeah, his, he was just like uh, clumsy and just always throwing stuff and, and, uh, but uh, he, he's a really good dude, and uh, I mean, uh, uh, he grew on you. Uh, he drove me to the airport uh, when he first got to Cleveland because he was single and I was married. So I made him come pick me up and, and take me to the airport every time. <laughs> That's seniority, you baby. Your stripes, you got to yeah. earn your stripes. Yeah, seniority. I don't care how much money you make. Well, trust me, we used to get, we used to, Jordan used to make us grab every bag. Off. That's, uh -oh. when we, that's when we were flying commercial. So you fly commercial, yeah. you got to go out and get your up to turnstile. You got to bring all the bags to the bus. And we had to do all kind of stuff. I mean, we got rookie haze. I hated it. <laughs> I hated it. But you, don't, you know what, Craig? You don't even see that now. I travel with the team all the time now, you know, as being a broadcaster. And there is no rookie responsibility. No. Rookies don't carry bags. Rookies don't do anything. They don't pick up checks. And it's really sad because that's like a rite of passage when you come into the NBA. It really is, and uh, I did it uh, all three years I was in Houston. Uh, every time the, the, the bus pulled up at the hotel or to the airport, I was the guy that would always have to unload and, and do that, and I agree with you. And Yeah, I mean, you could throw that word hazing in there, but uh, it was definitely the rite of passage uh, by doing that, and uh, if you didn't do it, uh, you'd get into more trouble. Yeah, you'd find. Yep. Yeah, yeah, those were the days. Those were the days, Craig. So, all those hot sauces in front of you, which is your favorite? Oh, I, I would probably say, because I like Mexican food, so I would I'd probably say our St. Pat's Verde. Um, it's really oh. good with Mexican food and eggs, but they're all delicious. And you know what? Because you're you're, you're a friend of the program, we're going to send you four there bottles. There you go. So you're going to get oh, all four flavors. Oh, just like my Gatorade. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be renegotiating. Don't there be no money. There'll be no money. We're just going to send you four bottles because you're a guest on the show and a friend of the program. We're going to send our, our producer, Matt. He's going to get your address. We're going to send you four okay. bottles of all the flavors that we have here. And trust me, it's delicious.
I'm right there with you. I love Tex-Mex, and uh, okay. higher the better for me. So. Okay. Hey, All before right. we let you go, Craig, can you uh, give us your thoughts on the upcoming finals and who do you like in the series? Boy, I tell you, I, I, two great teams right now. The, the Nuggets are, are definitely, they paid their dues, and they're finally uh, in the finals there. And uh, they got a really good roster. I mean, it, every uh, Porter Jr. could uh, go off anytime. Murray is, is some, uh, somebody. I was actually at the game when he got his first triple-double against the Indiana Pacers this year. Uh, really like his style of play. And uh, if the if the Heat didn't have to go through seven game series, I would say if they played, uh, uh, you know, where it was if they would have won the second round or, or the uh, third round by you know getting a few rests, they're going to be worn out. But boy, Jimmy Butler is is somebody yeah. I really enjoy watching, and Spolster I absolutely love. I mean, here's a guy that uh, you know you talk about willing his way to the NBA that's him so uh, I do like the Nuggets uh, just because of their roster and uh, uh, their ability you know and Stacy can vouch for this the Nuggets have a, an advantage uh, playing in Denver yes the first four minutes or five or five minutes of the first quarter you're huffing and puffing yep yep that's an advantage so I'll take the Nuggets though All right. I'll, I'll, I'm going to take the Nuggets Hey, Craig, I got a couple of quick questions for you. Um, okay, one, one is the last three weeks, we've been talking a lot about the last dance, and, uh, oh. and people <laughs> may have forgotten that you came up in the uh, last dance as well with Ron Harper <laughs> and his comment. And so I just wanted to hear what you had to say about that. So I, I told you Ron comes up to a charity event up here. So the first moment I saw him, I was just beeline for him and was like, what the hell were you talking about <laughs> on the last dance? And the the thing about it was they put it on earlier than it was supposed to be on. So I was at home by myself. And when Ron Harper said that, now I, I give it to Michael. He was like, they put Elo on me. And that's the wrong thing to do. Uh, <laughs> I called Larry Nance. I called Mark Price. I called Brad Doherty, all of them, and said, did Ron really say that in the timeout? Did he really say I got Jordan? And they were all like, no, I didn't hear him say that. So when I beeline for, for Harper, I, the first thing I said to him was, hey, I really enjoy watching your son play at Rutgers. But what you said on the last dance, uh, that, 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 that really cut me, cut my heart out. And he was like, oh, man, you know, that, no, it's, it was drama. That's all. It was for drama. Wow. A lot of drama going on these days. Man. Well, well speak, uh, speaking of great drama, is it true that uh, one time you're guarding Larry Legend? He said, I hope your mom's watching. Oh, I'm, I'm about to embarrass you. No, he you. said, uh, yeah, I hope your mom's not watching because I'm about to embarrass you. <laughs> and I was like, why, why would you do that? Why would you say that to me? So, yeah, I, I kind of was a swing man like Pippen, and so I could guard like the three or, or the two or the one sometimes. Uh, so that night against the Celtics, yeah, I mean, I thought I was doing, playing some pretty good defense on him. I was keeping him from, you know, that's the one guy I was quicker than, so I, I could stay with him. But uh, I think uh, in the first half, he was like one for nine or something like that. And that when we came out in the second half, that's when he told me, I hope your mom's not watching. <laughs> yeah, he wound up with like 31. So it was it was embarrassing. And 
I did call her and ask her, and she was like, yes, I was watching. So, uh, <laughs> and I was embarrassed. I was embarrassed, yeah. <laughs> Hey, don't, yeah. hey, Craig, don't give yourself some credit, man. You you are a very good two-way player. You are a very good defensive player. We you're on our scouting report as you know, you know, we'd always talk about how good a defender you are, that you can switch on on any of the players, you can guard it, get over screens. So don't don't shortchange yourself on <laughs> Well, you're putting you on was, Larry and MJ. You gotta be well, good yeah, but, but, but this, during that era, though, during that era. He's yeah. going against Hall of Famers. That's what I'm saying. So you got Dominique Wilkins in Atlanta that you had to play sure. against. You know, you you had you had you know Xavier McDaniel in New York. I mean, there's a ton of guys that you had to guard at multiple positions. So don't don't discredit how good your defensive defensive player you were. You were a very good defensive player, man. That's coming from somebody in Chicago yeah. that's giving you your props. Well, I appreciate that, Stacy. And uh, I do know uh, the rule for us was when we did play the Bulls, because Ron was such a great offensive player, I would take Michael so he could do the offense and rest on defense. And, and that's the way we did it. And then when Steve Kerr joined the Bulls uh, and I was in Atlanta, I, we went out to eat uh, before or after the game. And he was like, hey, you know what? Phil Jackson hates you. And I was like, <laughs> what do you mean? He's like, yeah, every, every time he, he's, uh, we, he was talking about when we played uh, the Cavs and now the Hawks. Yeah. He's like, knock Elo on his, eh, you know, eh. and I was like, <laughs> what? And he's like, but that's good though, because you caught it, you caught his eye. So yeah, it, it was fun uh, getting to talk uh, to Steve after he joined the Bulls. Yeah, you 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 got mad respect on on our end, man. So don't ever don't ever discredit. I mean, this, this guy can shoot threes. He can handle the ball. He can play guard. I mean, I saw I saw you at Washington State. I mean, I, I almost went yep. to Washington State. Uh, Kelvin Sampson recruited me to go play out there. Oh, he was, yeah, yeah. It was just yep. too far. It was too far for me yeah. at the time. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was it's, a, it's a, a long shot from, <laughs> from Oklahoma. Yeah, Oklahoma. Oh yeah, it was a long man. <laughs> we I would have got lost out there, bro. <laughs> And, and Craig, you should have told Ron Harper when you bumped into him that that you had to go somewhere else and, and piggyback for three rings in Chicago. What do you got two with the Lakers too? Yeah, yeah, right. he did. Wow, yeah. Yeah. he's in the right he place at the right a time. Defensive stopper, yes. right? Yes, he became a defensive stopper, and I was like. Yeah, you didn't do that in practice. I always did it in practice. <laughs> but here's the funny thing about that. My rookie year, he plays for the Cavs. He gives us forty at the at the the old stadium. You guys trade him out to the Clippers. We go out on our West Coast trip. We're going to play him out with the Clippers. He gives us 40. <laughs> so he gave us 40 in two different uniforms within a, like a two-week span. That's when I knew. I was like, this dude is bad. Cleveland yeah. messed up by giving this dude up. This dude and can Kraus, play. And Kraus probably had him on. I'm well, getting this guy. Yeah. And, then, and then the sad thing happened. Yeah. He tears his knee up. Because that's, yeah. so that's the yep. year that Cleveland had. I mean, uh, the late the Clippers had like Danny, Danny Manning. Mark Jackson. Out. All these guys got hurt you know, about the same time. And it was so sad because Rod Harper, I'm telling you, before Kobe came in and we were considering Kobe the closest thing with Michael Jordan, Ron Harper was that guy. And I don't think people really, even when he's here in Chicago, you know, he lost a lot of his athleticism, but he had a high basketball IQ, which enabled him yep. to play with this Bulls team. And, you know, and I we talked to Scotty last week and we were talking about, you know, they always say the Golden State Warriors, Steve Kerr, 72 and 10 team who didn't win a championship how they would do against the Bulls 72 and 10 team. And everybody on the Bulls side said they would they would demolish that team because of the length and the size 
and who's going to guard certain guys on the Bulls. You know, you can take away, you can take Steph Curry away with Ron Harper. Scotty can switch out on him. You know, any of those three-point shooters, they can guard. But who's going to guard Michael Jordan? Who's going to guard, you know, even Luke Longley? Luke Longley would get you buckets inside, you know, if there was a matchup that they could take advantage of on Draymond Green. You saw the size hurt him against the Lakers this year. Yep. Yep. No question about it. And I, I totally agree. I mean, uh, those uh, championships that uh, Ron won with the Bulls and, and uh, the Lakers, he was always taking the ball out of the, the other team's scorer's hands. So, yeah, I, I, I was really impressed uh, with his uh, ability because when I was a uh, when he was a rookie, it was so fun. We we didn't win a lot of ball games, but uh, Chuck Persons and him were like battling for the rookie of the year, and uh, I believe both of them played so bad at the end of the, of, of that uh, first year that I think Mark Jackson won it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I did with the Knicks. Yeah, so. But, yeah, if the ball was in Ron's hand uh, when he was trying to get that rookie of the year, don't even don't even go past half court. You're, you're <laughs> it's not going gonna, up. It, yeah, it's going up. So, but, yeah, he, he was a definitely an offensive threat. And he wanted to be uh, the Michael Jordan for the Cavs, yeah. Well, Craig, thank you so much for taking us down memory lane. Uh, watching those great battles between the Bulls and the Cavs in the 80s and 90s was just a whole lot of fun. We appreciate you catching us up. Enjoy that beautiful lake in Idaho, and uh, we'll, we'll, we got some hot sauce heading your way. I appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me. And, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, you'll have to have me back on after I try some of these. All right, yes. there you go. I want an honest opinion. And don't let, because we beat you with the Bulls and the Cavs, don't let that influence you, okay? Give us an honest oh, opinion, no. all right? I will do that. Yeah, I'll be very, very honest. Okay, Thank cool, you. cool, Craig. Appreciate it, brother. Thank you. Craig yep, Elo, our special guest on Give Me the Hot Sauce. Coming up next, we're going to give our predictions on the finals and talk about the finale of the succession. Tim has some strong thoughts. That's coming up next on Give Me the Hot Sauce. A lot of fun visiting with former Cavs guard Craig Elo. A lot of stories about the 80s and 90s rivalry between the Bulls and the Cavs. And we're talking about the hot sauce. And if you've been following Stacy on IG and all social media, you see that He's been out uh, in Jewel checking out the product. Yes, you know I have to do my, I have to do my research. Yeah. To make sure the hot sauce is on shelves because we have a lot of people looking for it. Yeah, you know we had some people. It's not in their Jewels yet, but it's coming. So there was out in Park Ridge. <clears throat> it was in Oak Park, Lamont. Um, it's going to be all through Chicago. Right? Yeah. So just some of you guys, it may not be in your store now, but just be patient. It's coming. It's coming. And Christopher Walken has a special deal, right? That's right. We're having some offers because we're celebrating the hot sauce, and we got some new codes. Oh, great. Yeah, great. one of them's called Walk and Fire, not to be confused with the restaurant, Mark. <laughs> That's where you can use the code Walkin, spelled like my name, and add fire to it. Maybe you should tell the folks how to spell your name, Walkin. No, if they don't know it, there's no point. <laughs> if they can't spell Walkin, then they don't know who I am, and they don't get the discount, so... W-A-L-K-E-N for those folks that don't. Ah, uh, thanks. <laughs> Maybe they can't spell fire. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Is <laughs> <laughs> there off button? <laughs> Go ahead, Chris. So wrap her up, buddy. On, wrap it up. <laughs> Use walk and fire or walk and cue to get a free bottle of oh, 1871 okay. or the cue with any order. I mean, okay. any order. Use that code. Walk and fire or walk and cue. I hope they know how to spell Q. 
So the so the rascal uh, whispers is going to wrap it all up uh, with the free bottle. It's a little extra packing for that little piece <laughs> of you know, but he's got his work cut out for him. Yeah. Well, if you and if you haven't tasted the Chicago Fire eighteen seventy one, it's the hottest of the bunch. Mm-hmm. It, it will burn. It'll burn your your tongue. Taste buds. <laughs> it's a weapon. Yeah, it's 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 seriously hot. So yeah, and the and the King's Q is awesome. Right now it's bar it's grilling season. So yeah. you should get a bottle of that. Just if you're grilling burgers, you're grilling chicken, you know, whatever. It goes on it goes well with everything. Well, we got Craig Elo's prediction on the NBA finals that gets started this evening. Uh Stacy, let's start with you. Uh not just a prediction, but uh kind of break down the series for us before he gives your pick. Well, listen, it's going to be tough beating Denver in Denver with the altitude. Miami's goal is to go in and try to get game one because of the long layoff that Denver has had. This is the chance to get that first game because the objective of any team coming on the road is to split, get one. If you can get two, great, but you want to get that first one from Denver tonight because they've had that 10-day layoff and, and they're going to come out a little rusty. But at the same time, you know, they're going to have to hit threes because – Miami has been doing really good with his zone. You know, I don't know why it's shocking everybody. I mean, people run zone all the time. But for some reason in the playoffs, teams are not prepared for it. And they've been able to take Boston out of their offense, New York out of their their offense. They took the Bulls out of their offense with it. And so the problem with Denver is, is because Jokic is such a good high post center. He can come into those spots in that zone, the elbows, the the free throw line extended inside where the dotted lane is in the safety zone. He can come in there and catch that ball and then make the zone collapse. And if it doesn't collapse, he can score it or he'll high low with, you know, with Aaron Gordon or he'll find shooters in the corner. That's what makes it's going to be so tough for Miami to really run that if he's in the game. Miami's hoping to get Tyler Hero back as early as game two. Is he gonna, hero. Is, is he going to be able to make a difference coming off a broken bone in his shooting hand? Is, how much is that going to be a problem for him? I, don't, I, don't, I mean, his conditioning is going to be the biggest yeah. thing. You know, how, how, how well is his condition? One thing about Miami, they stay in great shape. When you're out, I remember when I played for him, Pat Riley's first year, I sprained my ankle. I had a third-degree sprain. had a cast up to my knee. He had my ankle taped to a bike. I was riding a stationary bike, you know, <laughs> circuits. I was just like, man, this dude is obsessive. And so they always stay in shape, game ready. So I, I'm not really worried about his condition. What I'm worried about with, with Tyler Hero is, is that being put in a situation now where the team has played well without you. Yeah. You know, where do you fit in now? Where do you fit in? Guys have been playing. Jimmy's been carrying the team. Guys have played well. Caleb Martin has played like an all-star caliber player. And he's got to yeah. take minutes yeah, from Caleb Martin. Yeah, you're going to take minutes yeah. from Caleb Martin. You're going to take minutes from Gabe Vincent. I mean, where where do you fit him in at now? Uh, Duncan Robinson, who's been the forgotten man during the regular mm-hmm. season, has come in and played extremely well, even though he's not a good defensive player. Miami's been able to hide him, and his shots have been huge for them. So where does Tyler Hero fit with the way Miami's playing now? Because when he went out, he was a number two option. Now that he's gone, Caleb Martin has moved into that number two option, and they have really developed a nice chemistry with Caleb Martin in there. I mean, he could easily been Eastern Conference player or Eastern Conference uh, Finals MVP. They gave it to Jimmy Butler, but it easily could have went to Caleb Martin. Miami stopped playing Kevin Love and Cody Zeller late in that series against the Celtics. They're not going to be able to do that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the the Joker – you got Bam Adebayo, who's undersized at about 6'9". They just don't have the size to match up with uh, Cody Zeller has got to play. You know, Kevin Love has got to play. You know, the one thing about Joker is, and Joker is causing so many teams problems, is because he's not a traditional big, okay? What he does for Denver, he gets the ball off the glass and starts to break. 
you don't see seven foot four or seven foot three guys dribbling the ball off the floor, initiating the offense, finding guys, cutting to the basket. And what it does allows Denver's, you know, shooters to get out and run. You know, Jamal Murray doesn't have to bring the ball up 94 feet under pressure. So guys are running, filling lanes. And so Jokic is coming down the floor and no one's stopping the ball. Once Jokic gets to the free throw line, you're in trouble. You need to pick Jokic up full court and make him have to hand the ball under pressure. If you let him walk that ball, bring that ball down there with no duress and just pick you apart, it's going to be a long series. It's going to be a short series. It's going to be a long night. But if you once he starts bringing the ball to the floor, Bam Adebayo, who's quick feet, he's got quick hands, he should be up playing him, making him turn, make him have to give the ball up, make him have to bring the ball up under pressure. That slows their run down. Now they're not able to get out and run. So we had the graphic up earlier. Uh, you want to give the folks your prediction? 4-2 uh, Denver. I really want to see – listen, I really want to see Jimmy win. I, I, Jimmy's been now to the finals twice, and he's always going to be a bull in my eyes, and he's one of my favorite Bulls players. I want to see him win a title. I just don't think this matchup – he would have had a better chance against the Lakers than this team. This team has paid their dues. This has been one of the best teams over the last four seasons. They've come so close and then be so far away. Injuries, you know, they had key injuries to Jamal Murray. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. has been out with back injuries. They haven't had a full roster. And now to see them play, everybody's healthy, I, I just think that it's their time. Whispers, what do you got? Well, I'm going to change it now. I'm going to bet a full bottle of digits on Miami to win it all at uh, four. Who are you three. betting? Who are you betting? I'm, I'm going Scotty? Miami. No, but who are you betting <laughs> with the digits? I'm Yourself? Betting, I'm betting Ben over here. He keeps looking at me like I kind of agree with you, so I'm going with it. All right. Okay. Okay. No. No. Okay. No. Ben's like Ben's like, hey man, look, I'm working. Come on, you, you sound like Stacy no, making NCAA yeah, picks. Yeah, but you all could of win sudden. the digits. Why don't you well, see? We should have had. I we, took Miami. We. You all right? So you gonna bet him now, Ben? Okay, all right, all right. Uh, uh, listen, if he doesn't pay up, Ben, no, I got you. We'll make sure he pays up. Yeah, I've got Denver in seven. I think Miami wins game one because of the rust. I think they're going to steal game one. It's going to be a hell of a series. I don't think it's going to happen. You don't think they're going to win tonight, Miami? I don't think they're going to win tonight. I just don't. Yeah, how can I, Miami I, I'm upset say anybody, right? Well, whispers listen, will bet you a bottle of digits. Listen, I, the reason we listen, America, 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 <laughs> I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you. I played in Denver. Yeah. I played college basketball against University of Colorado in Denver. And we had a pressing team in college. So we, we'd come out, I mean, we'd press you from the time we got off the bus to the game was over. You were in the shower, we were still pressing you. But again, Denver, in Denver, first bad. two minutes, it did Man code good. violation. <laughs> <laughs> See, only, only he would think something like that. Say, so, so America, so after about two minutes, we like yeah. raise, we tell Billy Tubb, to take us go out. Out. I need yeah. to come out. When the Bulls, we, we would go there, and we had great teams going in there, and they weren't very good. They were decent, but they are not very powerhouse teams. Yeah. They would give us fits. Yeah. We would find ourselves down by 20 in that first quarter because all they would do is just run and press. Lord help you if you had to have a back-to-back -back and had to play in Denver the next night, the second of a back-to-back. -back. Yeah. You might as well forget it. But Miami, the only chance they got is a 10-day rest, but I just – Denver now, man, Mike Malone has this team focused, man. Yeah. You saw it against the Lakers. They could have they could have wilted and, and let the Lakers take it to seven games. They go in and win a tough road game in Los Angeles that the, the Lakers had to have. 
and they went in and closed out the show. It's just their time, man. It's just their time. Yeah, it looks time. that way. You don't think Riley's got him on oxygen deprivation training right now? <laughs> they have it any time. Uh, a quick turnaround. Turn 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 that's the that's the hard thing because it's a quick turnaround. Yeah. You know, that series was a grueling series against you know Boston. It was a grueling series, you know, with the with the Knicks. I mean, it was just a gru- those were two grueling series, and not to mention you had to fight pretty much the whole way through this. Like it's like the Warriors. You know, the Warriors, the movie The Warriors, they got to get back to Coney Island. That's who Miami is. You know, Miami's are the Warriors. They got to fight all these gangs to get to the championship. So you had to beat the Bulls. You were down double digits. You win. You go in, you face you face the number one seed. You beat them. You go play the Knicks who were playing really well at the end of the season with Jalen Brunson and you beat them. And then you beat the number two seed and you beat them on the road in a game seven, which nobody, nobody thought was it because they had won Especially three in a row. Especially after where they lost game they, six. They won three games yeah. in a row, Mark, after being up 3-0. Nobody, and you're lying if you did. You're lying <laughs> if you said that Miami was going to win game seven. Only people, I don't even think people in Miami was even saying that. So, yeah, they they, they got to run out of gas at some point. Yeah, and Jimmy Butler's wearing his big face coffee shirt on every TV. Hey, appearance. you know what? Man, I mean, listen, if I'm on TV, I'm wearing I'm wearing a hot sauce <laughs> hot shirt. Sauce. I don't know what you're talking about, Mark. Jimmy, I ain't mad at you. Jimmy, look at Just us saying. over here. Look at yeah. Mark over here talking trash. Look what we doing over here. No, hey, I ain't talking hey, trash. Listen. I think he's doing the hey. smartest thing he can. Self, you know he's going to get advertising. He's trying to copyright Hemi buckets. He's going to have terrible, a man. he's going to have That's a clothing. Terrible. Okay, first of all, first of all. <laughs> Just keep it. I gave you the name Jimmy G. Right. I gave it to you. I could have copyrighted it. I gave it to you. Okay. Because that, you know, he asked me for that nickname when he was only playing eight minutes a game. Okay. I gave him that nickname, Jimmy G. Bucket. Jimmy G. G stands for gets. That's it. Roll with that, bro. You got a Nike. You had a Nike line that had all that, you know, all that uh, apparel. Now you want Hemi. That just doesn't even sound right. It doesn't. I know you want to be him. Him, I'm him. I'm him. But Hemi just sounds like, oh, it doesn't even have a ring man to it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> man code violation. Yeah. I said I said that now. If he was drinking some Hennessy, okay, yeah. you could call himself Henny Butler. Okay? There you go. Yeah. Henny, that sounds better. But the Hemi. Uh, yeah, it doesn't nah, have a good ring to it. You're right. But Jimmy's uh, going after every opportunity to cash Jay in life. on his playoff success. I ain't God mad bless at you, JB. Hey, a uh, big event came up in television land. Actually, a couple of them. The finale of Ted Lasso and the finale of Succession. It's all part of what are we watching? The sizzling new Elgin location at Randall Road. Bigger's Mazda is our sponsor. It's the biggest Mazda store in the state of Illinois. Bigger's Huge. is offering a bottle of Stacy's Signature Hot Sauce with first test drives of new or pre-owned vehicles. It's your choice. Everything from the coolest SUVs to the stunning Miata. So join the fun at 2100 Randall Road in Elgin. At Bigger's Mazda, they are the sponsors of What Are We Watching? we got a special treat for you today. A couple of times uh, early in the history of Give Me the Hot Sauce, we had a very talented impressionist named Al Foran, the, uh, the Irish impresario. He can imitate just about anybody in the world. He just entertained us in a couple of our early episodes. We're going to have him back on this summer. But just earlier this week, <laughs> yeah. This is what brought him into the limelight in the... First time. Oh, my goodness. Earlier this week on social media, he put out, and and I'm sure that succession isn't as big in uh, Ireland as it is here in the States, but he put on uh, a a nice impression of all the lead characters as succession wrapped up its run, and we're going to bring that to you, share the uh, talent of Al Foran. We're all good, okay? Big plays to make. You know, fuck the sibs. 
Fuck Connor, fuck Tom, fuck Waystar. <laughs> you know, fuck Legacy, okay? We're all good. The future looks pretty bright, okay? <laughs> I just fucking joked with, with Roman. What's the return policy? He's obviously still hurt, but what happened? It's just business. That's it. Say that I killed his dad? <laughs> oh, I just acquired the fucking company. That's all I wanted to do. And then I put fucking <laughs> in charge. So, <laughs> all good. You little fucking shit. <laughs> <laughs> Who won the fucking war, Greg? Me, okay? You're my slave for the rest of your fucking life, okay? <laughs> Tell a little worm Hugo to get the fuck out of the building, okay? And if he doesn't, okay, you physically remove him and throw him the fuck out, okay? <laughs> fuck off, Greg. I don't really give a fuck about anything. Uh, fuck it. Matson's a fucking prick. So what? We're fucking done. Okay, so fuck it. Where is Jerry? Um, I, I feel great, you know. Um, this is a really big future for me. Um, that whole quad squad thing was ridiculous. It wasn't my idea. It was Shiv's. So I feel, I feel good. Thank you, Tom. I told you my kids. We're not serious people. Now fuck off. <laughs> and that'll wrap it up. The talented Al Foran with yes, those great very, impersonations very on talented. Succession. And as I said, we're going to have him back on this summer to entertain us with. He does more impersonations. Uh, Whisper, I, I think he could probably do Christopher Walken. Uh, yeah. well, well, we'll have that challenge, won't we? The walking yeah, off. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. So, Stacey, have you, have you been watching Succession? I, I watched the first part, but listen, man, I can't be watching all these shows. I'm 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 still in From. From is my show right yeah. now, and uh, if you haven't watched From, okay, Succession is good. I stopped watching it because I don't have time to watch it because I'm, I'm watching all these other shows. But I am going to go back to that because I, I when I was watching it, I liked it, so I'm going to go back to that. But right now, it's From. From is the, yeah. is the show to watch, and if you like The Walking Dead and you you like vampires, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, America. It is a dope show. It is awesome. Yes. So, Whispers, did you catch the finale? Yeah, and I still... The oh, most are we going to have to have Nick leave the room so we can talk about it? No, that's a... Listen, that's oh, the price spoiler alert. So, it, the finale aired on Sunday whoop, whoop. on HBO. And, it, you know, it's this is Thursday evening. If you haven't watched it yet, as uh, as the great uh, Logan Roy would say, fuck off. You hey, know, you know because what? you should have watched yeah, it. Yeah, listen, listen, America, America, if he, he, listen, if you're not watching it, I advise you just to go ahead and check out right now. Yeah, you can, I don't you want you to be stop, mad at us yeah. on Twitter. Somebody, yeah, you guys, Here, here's it. your warning. If Please. you don't want to know what happened in the finale of Succession, we'll see you next week. So long. <laughs> so, what did you think, Whispers? I mean, Tom was the, was the biggest bumblehead in the history of television, and somehow he wa- winds up on top. Well, I still have to go back a few episodes here because every time I watch it, the thing I can't believe the most is that Fisher Stevens was actually married to Michelle Pfeiffer at some point. <laughs> oh, <laughs> he's, yeah. di- he's just so weird to look at and, oh. he's, and he's despicable on the show as well as oh, such a weasel oh. as Al Fern just uh, was referring to. But oh. yeah, it actually, I, I don't want to, you know, pat myself on the back, but I predicted it right, right ahead of time. I told my wife, I said, this is exactly what's going to happen. Will she vouch for you on that? Yes, she would. Okay. And she was like, damn, you called it. And uh, But the reason why is because all the kids with that, you know, the uh, if you look at the, the semantics of what they say all the time, yeah, right? Yeah. Okay. 
<laughs> All this reassurance. And none Shiv of them are just their couldn't dad. stand the idea of Kendall being in charge. No, none of them are their dad. And they finally realized it in the end. That the only guy that was stepping in the shoes was the guy who was kissing his ass for the last year was Tom. Oh, Tom. So that's how it worked out. Yeah, so Tom. Nick, you got that to look forward to, which right. is nice. Yes. And that's my theory. <laughs> But it's a great show. If you haven't uh, had a chance to check it out, go back. What is it? Th- four seasons? Yeah, right. Yeah, so really good show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right? right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Right? You start going to win all the while. awards. Oh, my God. <laughs> all right. Well, before we wrap things up, uh, Stacy, is uh, Mike waiting outside? Yes. Mike is back. He's been, there's, he's been consistent the last few weeks. My bodyguard is back. Yes, he is. Mike, if you're out there listening, because I know you listen to every show. This is for you. Yeah, right. <laughs> if you interrupt me again like that, it's a throat punch coming, all right? Yeah, you gave me I haven't three given last you one. Week. I haven't given you one in well, a long three time. Three last week. I'm not listening to you anymore. Windy City Limousine provides championship service. Ask for Mike Omaroff. Making a reservation is so easy, it's a slam dunk. Ask for Mike Omaroff. Let Windy <laughs> City break the full court pressure of traffic and get you to your destination in style and on time. Windy. Ask for Mike Omaroff. Contact Wendy at 847-916-9300. That's 847-916-9300. And ask for Mike Amaroth. There you go. Lemos. Windy City, a special service. If you're going that to Taylor creepy. Swift this weekend at <laughs> Soldier Swift. Field and you need a ride, make sure to call hey, Mike. No, Mike said he's not working. I already, oh, already he, he doesn't want any that. part of that. Huh? You don't want no part of that. No, you don't want no part of that. <laughs> he, 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 that traffic downtown, he's not. Nah. But the limos will be running for Windy the limos, City. So the limos will be working for, for Windy City. So if you want to go down there and have a good time and catch uh, Taylor Swift, who's uh, sold out another stadium. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she's. Uh, yeah. You know, I heard the story that's making the rounds now is that people are wearing adult diapers to the show so they don't miss a song. Wow, I thought Tim was the only one wore that on the show. <laughs> Way to go, baby. Because yeah. oh, that's always been your advice. Hey, go with the ass diapers, America, you know? America, I'm glad someone finally listened to me. Okay? <laughs> hey, I, hey, listen, Taylor Swift does a three-and-a-half-hour yeah, show. Yeah. You don't want to miss it. Nope. Okay? So whoever is out there with astronaut diapers, don't feel embarrassed. You know, like, you, you go in the bathroom on yourself. Don't be so obvious. You know, yeah. don't make the... <laughs> don't do that. Just be cool. Just act don't like make you, a face. Yeah, don't make a face. Don't don't be like shivering. Just point up to Taylor Swift, go like this, and be just go Taylor. No hey, one knows. Speaking of celebrities and and uh, Taylor Swift, did you see the video circulating of Aaron Rodgers dancing around at the Taylor Swift concert out in New York? You know who he's with? Who? Ruth from Ozark. He can't help himself. Ruth. It's always got to be a celebrity these days. Ruth. Really? But she's married to the singer Mark Foster. Or Foster. Oh. The, well, the she people. was right next to him she in the video. She was right next to him. Oh. Well, maybe she You might told... as well kill me. <laughs> yeah. You might as well kill me. Boy, she may have gone full Ozark and then yeah. and split from Mark. Oh. That's another great figure. show. So that check is that out if you get a chance. Wow. Yeah. That's another great show. Ozark. Oh, man. Oh, Ruth. Ruth. That's my girl. That's my girl. You never Ooh. knew what side she was gonna flip on. Yeah. So wow. now she might be flipping. Wow. Might, oh, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. J E T S. Jets. Oh, Jets. Jets. Throwing spirals. <laughs> throwing spirals. Wow. Well, on that crazy note, we're gonna bring this show to a close. <laughs> Whispers. What do you got over there? Is oh, that what is that? The, what are you talking about? No, for, they're for, just next. Uh, this is for our guests, our upcoming guests, Al Forens. Yeah, this is what put him on the map. Was. Doing his uh, impression of, uh, and he's coming up with another fight. He's going to fight Chandler, and uh, yeah, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. It's it's coming be, up pretty soon. It's pretty wild. 
Yeah, he still hasn't tested for USDA uh, um, for the uh, steroids yet. Well, he was um, <laughs> <laughs> he's on. He's on a big time. And so he he builds yeah. up that ankle all right. Yes. They had, oh, and I forgot to say, I got some news. I got some news. So, we, you know, we, we read the ad about Biggers, right? You know, yeah. Biggers is doing the um, hot sauce, you know, come in and test right. drive. And, you know, that's been really a good ad for them, you know. And we I just found out uh, from, from Mr. Biggers, um, Jim Lecter, <laughs> Jim Lecter, that our that good friend our Jim good Lecter, friend, that Francisco's been there the last six weekends and he's been getting hot sauce for free. He's been test driving all kind of cars. He test drive a minivan. Wow, that's quite a scam. Yeah, yeah. He, so he's been getting sick. So we we've exposed him today on uh, giving <laughs> giving the hot sauce. So Jim Lecter, I'm just telling you right now, if you see a guy, he has a different hat on every time you see him. Looks kind of like a penguin. Yeah, yeah. He waddles in. He's got to he have a LL Cool J bucket hat on. He'll have a little tight shirt that says uh, Mount Prospect Gym Class 1972. Really tight. Yes, really tight. Uh, that's him. That's him. So uh, he's not representing us. So uh, he can't go anymore now. We we never talked about uh, Haney Lomachenko. Who? Haney. Loma oh, that, yeah, let me tell you something, man. Boxing fans. I don't know if you watched uh, the Devin Haney uh, Lomachenko fight. Uh, I thought Lomachenko won. I thought he won. I, I thought. I thought. I thought. I thought it was close. I thought it was close, but I thought Lomachenko was much more busier. Uh, and we never even talked about the tank, the tank Davis and uh, and uh, Ryan Garcia. I told you, America, don't mess with little tank. Tank's got <laughs> TNT in both hands. He can knock you out with either hand. And now the big fight now, because Devin Haney, I, I'm sorry. You see what that shove cost him? Oh yeah, was it like 400 G's? Yeah, what's what he gets? That's what, a, now that's I a mean, fine. Well, Lomachenko <laughs> didn't even say anything. It's one thing if the boxer's talking trash in your face, and even then you're supposed to show con- you know constraint. He was just standing there. Yeah. And he just you know he pushed him, and it cost him four hundred grand. But back to that, Lomachenko won. It was a close fight. Could have went either way, but I thought Lomachenko was the busier fighter. I thought, especially late in the rounds where you Last score two, all the three. points. Yeah, I thought it was. Uh, but I don't see Devin Haney beating Shakur Stevenson, or I don't see him beating uh, Tank Davis. I think Tank Davis is the is the guy in the lead. And then we got a Earl Spence versus Terrence Crawford fight. Oh, I think it's in July. Oh, baby, we got the fight card coming, baby. And uh, Power Force is coming back September Power Force. 1. And, yes, Joseph, Joseph Sikora, Sikora we're announced gonna, it himself. Hey, hey Joseph Sikora said he's going to come on my show. There you go. So America be be watching that episode. We got Tommy from Force. We gonna he's gonna come on the show. There you go. There's yeah. a tease. Yeah. Time to wrap things up. Want to thank the Sriracha crew for their hard Sriracha. work. Want to thank our friend Randy Merkin who's been helping us out yes, getting Randy. some guests. Uh, he helped us get Craig Elo today. So thanks to Randy there on that. Go, Randy. We're gonna have some great guests coming up the rest of the month. It might be the approaching the off season for basketball, but we're always gonna bring you the best guests here on Gimme the Hot Sauce. So until next time, Stacy. Drive home safe in Chicago. Beep beep. Myself in a big time with the city assassin. Th-